pretty much ready to start inking this. Um, actually, the only other thing I wanted to add was a little Zoar, um, hints of Zoar here, the, uh, the eagle just sort of flying around the gray skull or the sorceress or Zoar, depending on whether or not it's her or the eagle. One of the tricks that um, many artists use is to take their piece um, and hold it up to a light source. In this case, I've actually got a, uh, a film light over here. And if you look through it backwards, or better yet, if you take a mirror, like uh, Frank Rosetta used to say, he took a mirror, see if I can do this without exploding my brain, uh, and look at it um, backwards. And what that does is it gives you this kind of fresh perspective. Um, right now I'm examining, going, okay, are, are He-Man's proportions right? His, shoulder, his one shoulder's maybe a little low. Uh, maybe She-Ra's eyes are not exactly where I want them. Might fix some of the stuff in inking. But the idea is that you're you're kind of getting a fresh take on it, you know, especially if you can't walk away for a couple hours and then look at it again. I find that I'll sit there and look at something for hours and uh, and can't figure out what's wrong with it. You're like, oh, I think there's something wrong with it here, but I just can't see what it is. And then you walk away for a few minutes and then you come back and you're like, oh my God, or you show it to a fresh set of eyes, somebody you know who's, who's willing to give you a pretty honest opinion on things. And then all of a sudden you, they, they go, well, yeah, totally, her hand's on backwards. And it's like, oh, Okay, totally missed that somehow. Um, but anyway, like I say, I think this is ready to start inking, and that's that's a good way. That's a good old trick to to see if there's anything that really needs to stand that stands out. That really needs to be fixed. So some of the challenges I'm going to try to overcome in this um, piece or experiments or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm going to try to kind of play with my shading style. For instance, one thing I'm trying to figure out is how to delineate between, so say where her skirt is here, her skirt is creating a shadow on her legs and there's also the shadowed area of the actual fabric as it folds behind itself. So I'm going to try a few different techniques as I go uh, as to what gets filled in completely black and what uh, I'm gonna actually just use lines, cross-hatched lines, to uh, emulate the, the dark shadowed areas. Um, so I guess all I can really do is start laying down lines and, um, and see how it comes out. Uh, so I've been experimenting also, speaking of experimenting, with um, different, um, different brands of ink that I've been just finding at stores. Uh, the Speedball isn't bad. Uh, I've got so many bottles of it though because it. I just find that after like a little bit it seems to go kind of clumpier and, and uh, I know that you can wa water it down and I, def I tend to water my brush down as I go so I'm kind of battling with that to figure out what I, whether it's a new ink thing or it's the ink is drying out or I'm just crazy and I'm blaming my tools, maybe that's part of it. Um, of course, I'm getting ink all over myself. Um, I'm also 
Uh, I also tried this Higgins stuff, but Higgins is, is so watery that it wouldn't work very well with the brush, but I found that, that I couldn't get the Crowquill pens to work with the Speedball, but it works really well with the Higgins. So, there you go. Uh, another fun little fact about these Winsor Newton uh, Series 7 Sable brushes. I was talking to uh, uh, Bill Stout recently and he said one way that he used to, if I'm understanding him correctly, is he would, when you would go to the store, you'd want to make sure you were getting a good brush and like before it was like 1 in 10 would be a bad brusher or, or, or maybe even more, but now it's, you know, not as good. So he says you would get them wet and it'd come to a point and you'd whack it on your hand or on the table, hopefully without breaking it, and you'd get, um, and if it split, you knew it was a bad one, and this one didn't, so I guess I lucked out. Uh, so I'm still using some water and the, and the new ink, um, and really watering it down and getting uh, my brush nice and saturated so I get a nice clean line. See, that's brand new ink to me seems to be so much nicer than ink that you've used, even just a little bit. One of the things I've been trying to remind myself is every single line that I lay down needs to serve a purpose or mean something. And I know that sounds super heady and ridiculous, but um, it, every line conveys something. Uh, and so, you know, for instance, a line that's happening, say, underneath um, the, the bottom of the dress here might be thicker because it is in the shadow, uh, or it's it's lower, and then try to trying to vary those line weights so that thick lines meet thin lines and uh, etc. like that. Like so, for instance, here I might have a nice thin line that that's down the top, but then I might marry it with a thicker line over here, and also that might actually get um, filled in with black later. I also tend to need to warm up a little bit. I know a lot of artists will ink or draw something else before they do the big um, piece. In this case, I don't have a ton of time. So what I try to do is I do, I start somewhere where I know I have a little bit of leeway, like I can, I can screw up a little bit um, because I know that I'm going to go in later and fill in areas with black and stuff like this. So. In this case, I'm starting in these pleats in her dress, or her skirt, I should say. I guess it is kind of a dress. Um, to kind of get my hand warmed up and the brush war warmed up so that I don't screw up more important areas like her face. So again, for instance, here, laying down thicker lines for the backs of her legs because they're in the shadow where I might kind of feather out the upper upper lines a little bit. Now again, I probably shouldn't be starting so low in the in the picture because you know I'm gonna now have this area that is inked and um, I'm gonna rub over it. So I gotta make sure that this is nice and dry before I go put my hands all over it. So I've got I'm starting to to feel a little bit better about my brush, I'm gonna move over to this side of the page and start working my way down like I would traditionally. 
Now, one of the things that I am the least confident with right now, and I need to kind of work on, is hair. And a friend of mine once said something to the effect of, you know, an artist's style really comes out in how they do um, hair. I think he also said eyes and hair, I think something like that. And I tend to agree with him. There's a hair is a is a funny one. Um, and I haven't, see I'm already not happy with certain elements of how I'm do doing this hair. I haven't really quite figured out my style yet. Um, other than I try to think of it logically in terms of wind direction, you know, try to give it some life. It's, hair is a great op opportunity to, to give a drawing a lot of life and dynamics, in, especially in this case where these, these two characters are standing relatively still, um, it's kind of nice to give the sense that they're standing on this uh, windy uh, Eternian, uh, you know, plane or whatever. And also, you know, considering that He-Man's hair is, well, both her hair is blonde, um, I'm not going to go crazy with filling in lots of blacks and stuff in his hair or either of their hairs, uh, because they're blonde, like I say. And trying to give the outside of the image as well uh, a thicker line so it stands out nicely from the background. So reapplying some ink, making sure my end is okay. Coming in to start to fill in the sides of He-Man's face and his big manly cheekbones. Nice thing again about jaw lines and stuff is you can get away with thickening the line because uh, uh, as you build it up because of the fact that we have shadow under our chins so it's uh, a good opportunity again to work out some kinks without being too much at risk of wrecking your drawing. In this case, I'd really like to avoid using whiteout, so I'm putting myself under a lot of pressure to get uh, to get this as, as tight and as good as I can on the first try. Um, reason is is that I'm actually going to be bringing this specific um, uh, master original page with me on the road, um, and that will be. Uh, and because the blue line is going to be underneath that, I'd like to um, have a, a nice clean delineation between the line work and the blue line underneath uh, without much for uh, uh, whiteout. So here again, I've made some smudges, but that's okay because I'm going to fill in a little bit of this uh, area with some shadow and some black because uh, it's uh, it's his neck and the sun is kind of coming from here I figure. Men's lips from the front are kind of simple I find or at least it's the, the style that I'm trying to get because you have the line of the top lip and the shadow that creates and then a little shadow under the chin. And then sometimes I'll do like a little, a little notch at the bottom. Just 
I give him a little bit more pronunciation in the cheekbone there. And hide a little bit more in his hair here. And now my phone rings, as it does.